Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Tons to break down today. Joining me, as always, is Keith Smith, a.k.a. the guy who had the Josh Hart contract that everybody's going crazy <laughs> over today. Keith had it on this show two days ago. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Every time uh, we record, you have something new in the background. Today, it's a uh, LeBron jersey. I'm trying to add just a little bit here and there just to throw people off and kind of you know see who's really watching and keeping an eye out. I also slid my desk about three feet closer to the back wall as well. So I'm just yeah, going to keep making these say. minor changes here and see, uh, see who catches on. <laughs> nice. I like it. And then someday you could like swap out pictures and stuff like that. And That's right. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. That's the plan. That's the plan. Gonna yep. keep it, keep it fresh, right? <laughs> um, Keith, we got a lot to dive into today, but I guess first and foremost, uh, the Wolves still in on a Ben Simmons trade. This is actually when we first brought this up, the idea of Ben Simmons being traded, our very first show that we talked about this on, you said, and this was just you speculating at the time, but you said, you know, don't count the Wolves out. They might be a good fit. And lo and behold, they indeed are pursuing Ben Simmons, makes a lot of sense, right? They've got Carl Anthony Towns. They want to keep him happy. They want to win right now, and they are not a destination for free agents. So all of that lines up for them to, to really go for Ben Simmons and put in a big offer. But it sounds like they don't quite have the pieces that the 76ers are looking for. Might have to be a three-team trade. What do you think the chances are that the Wolves actually become the landing spot for Ben Simmons? Yeah, that's the challenge, right? Is that is it's that second part of not having the right the right pieces. Because if you're Philly, you want picks plus win now pieces that can help you because they're they're clearly still in title contention. So I think if you're the Wolves, you can deliver the picks part. That's not really an issue. You you can get there because now their obligation to the Warriors is is complete. They they now again own all of their own future first. The players part, that's where it gets a little tricky because by all accounts, they don't want to move D'Angelo Russell. And I'm not even saying Philly would necessarily want him or that's the perfect fit on that side. But that's kind of your easiest salary match of a guy who's pretty good, former all-star. Um, but he's also Carl Anthony Towns' best friend. So you'd be envisioning a Town Simmons, Russell group. That'd be kind of your, your building blocks. So I think what you, if you are the Wolves, you've got to find somebody else who is maybe interested in some of your younger players. But your younger players are, you're not moving Anthony Edwards for them. So you're starting to talk. All right, Malik Beasley, maybe um, they they will eventually. It hasn't gone official yet, but we we already talked about they're going to acquire Patrick Beverly. Right. So maybe Patrick Beverly kind of could be somebody a team maybe is interested in. Maybe even Philly um, could go the Patrick Beverly route. I, I think he'd be a guy that maybe makes a little bit of sense there. Mm-hmm. But that's where it gets kind of hard is finding that that third team to rope in all right everybody's favorite third team right now is okc and they continue will continue to be but okc is not gonna jump into a help pay for uh simmons to get to minnesota that's a division no. rival they're also what is minnesota gonna how how is either side gonna incent okc on that okc doesn't really have the veterans to turn around and send to philadelphia either so yeah it's just kind of a messy uh fit there that that might be one if i was minnesota i would just pick up the phone and call every couple days and say hey how you feeling about malik beasley and patrick beverly and uh right. torian prince and four firsts you know maybe and if you're minnesota that might not be the worst path to go uh they because they're 
there's certain teams that should not throw four first for Ben Simmons. I don't know that Minnesota is one of them because you're not getting a Ben Simmons to go there as a free agent. Uh, you're you're just not. You're going to have to draft him or trade for him to try to get a player of that caliber there. And and you can convince me a Town Simmons Russell group that starts to get kind of interesting and kind of fun to look at uh, moving forward. Do you think anything involving Anthony Edwards is an automatic no? Because in my mind, if you're saying, look, hey, we want to trade for Ben Simmons and Philadelphia is asking prices sky high, but you're going into the negotiation saying, but you can't have D'Angelo Russell and you can't have Anthony Edwards. There's not a whole lot of value elsewhere on the roster. And that's, I have a hard time just seeing where does Minnesota get the value aside from first to really give Philly to incentivize them to do the deal. Yeah, I'd probably say no if I was Minnesota. I just, you know, Edwards looks like he might be really, really good. No, I, I agree. That, I wouldn't do it either. Yeah. So if, if you're saying Towns, Simmons, Edwards, Russell, plug in fifth starter here, that's pretty good. And I feel mm-hmm. pretty good about that if I'm Minnesota as far as, you know, building moving forward. So, yeah, my guess is that's probably not going very far is that conversation just because it's one of those things where, yeah, he's not that it, then it starts to tilt too far uh, towards Philly's side if you're the Wolves. So I think I would probably say no and just stick with, all right, I'm going to stick with what we have then. And this, this might be one to where I think everybody's kind of waiting Philly out right now and saying, are you really going to bring them to training camp a month from now and, you know, deal with that. And and, and we'll see, you know, this is, it's starting to turn into who's going to blink first here a little bit on some of these offers. And here's the, the other piece to this. And that's Ben Simmons himself. I know we've heard that, you know, he wants to be in California somewhere that he's about that lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. If I'm Ben Simmons though, This may not be the worst thing if he winds up with the Timberwolves. Out of the spotlight, you're at a franchise that has been down in the dumps for years and years and years now. You're not going to make things any worse by coming there. In fact, if anything, your arrival, if they suddenly become a playoff team, guess what? You get to be the hero that helped lift this franchise up, right? And the expectations are not going to be that high. You don't have the same spotlight on you playing in Minnesota. Yes, I know the weather is not the same as in California, but just in terms of getting his career back on track, I don't think this is the worst outcome. No, it's not California. It's not It's not playing in a glamour market, but I can see a lot of positives from Ben Simmons' perspective to winding up with the Wolves. Yeah, and if you're the Wolves side of things, you have to be thinking, all right, Carl Anthony Towns has never said he wants traded or wants anything like that. He's been extremely loyal and he's never even there's never even been buzz except by every other fan base who says, you know, Carl Anthony Towns needs to go somewhere else. Right. So I think if you're the Wolves, what you're kind of looking at is, yeah, we don't even want to get it to that point. Right. We don't want a Lillard situation where maybe I'm kind of sort of thinking about a trade. Like you don't want that. You you want him to stay happy. You want him to stay right there, you know, where he is. And what's also funny, I made this point on another show the other day. Yes, occasionally I do cheat on you, Trevor. Sorry. Uh, it does happen. Um he uh I'm gonna storm out of here, Keith. I'm so yeah, mad. That's it. <laughs> well, I'll just talk to the LeBron jersey then. Um <laughs> we uh Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. It's starting to feel a little bit like KG in Minnesota, where KG never wanted to leave. Right. It's something with Minnesota. They guys like it there. You know, I know it, you know, it seems cold all the time. And, you know, but this is, you know, you you, you 
you've been basically a Southern climate kind of guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. I have been too. So we're both like, yeah, Minnesota seems awful. <laughs> that seems terrible in the <laughs> That's winter. Cold. But guys, guys love it there. Like they, nobody ever wants to leave when they get there. So it's, it's one of those things where I get, you know, they're doing something right. I've only been there twice in my life and everybody was so nice. So maybe that's part of it too. So, you know, I think, I think it's, it's one of those things though, where it will eventually become about winning for towns. And at some point it's going to be, yeah, I can't devote 10 years of my career here without, uh, with one playoff appearance. That was short-lived at that. So I, I think if I'm the Wolves, I'm trying to, my best to make this happen. And what they have done now is they've built up enough of those mid-range contracts that could start to interest Philly. And they could even say to Philly, not that Philly's necessarily sitting on any bad contracts, but what mm-hmm. you could say to Philly is, all right, you want to get off a, a deal somewhere? You know, is there is there a contract you don't really like that you'd like to move out? Now it's it's hard to know which one that would be, right. um, but but that's also kind of sitting out there as well. That Minnesota could say, hey, we we could take the back. It's it's not going to be a Tobias Harris level deal because then you're talking almost seventy million dollars in trade, and that's just that's not going to happen. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, if there was a you know guy that they were like, hey, but you got to take back you know player X, then sure. Yeah, no, no problem. We'll we'll do that because now with Beasley, Torian Prince, soon to be Patrick Beverly, they've built up enough of these guys. Problem with Beverly is he's going to come trade restricted because they're over the cap, so that'll be a sixty day restriction depending on when that happens. So that's gonna that that's gonna take you to right to the beginning of the season. So that gets a little little messy, but there, there's ways you can can construct deals to maybe potentially work around that somehow and get it figured out, but. Yeah, we're still on Simmons' watch, and we're a month from training camp. I mean, we'll see where this goes. Like you said, it seems like everybody is waiting for someone to blink in this whole situation, but will the 76ers actually bring him back into training camp? That's what they've threatened. That's what they've said. They're just going to bring him in because the offers aren't good enough. Uh, We'll see if they actually go through with it, or do they even start the season with him on the roster? We'll have to wait and see how all that plays out. Uh, One thing we do know for sure, Masai Ujiri is uh, staying put with the Toronto Raptors, at least for a bit, and he's making a good amount of money to do it. Uh, contract rumored to be about $15 million per season. That's more than a lot of players make. <laughs> yeah. Masai Ujiri pulling in the big bucks, and he could even have a little bit of equity in terms of the growth of the franchise. He can get something there in terms of you know, if the revenue is high enough. So, look, this is obviously he's known as one of, if not the best executive in the NBA. And uh, he's getting paid like it. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like he is taking on some additional responsibilities mm-hmm. that come with that, which I would hope if I gave you $15 million, you would maybe do a little extra for me at times too. But yeah, I mean, it's important for them to lock him up. And I think also for Masai Ujiri, I loved what he said is this is home. Then mm-hmm. and, and that that's it, right? That's it right there. This is now home for him. Toronto, as far as an NBA city, that's where he wants to be. Um, the Raptors have been very supportive and gracious with him working with the NBA for the Basketball Africa League, yeah. um, which he's heavily involved in. Also, the Giants of Africa pro- program that he's heavily involved in. So I think this is this is one of those stories where you can't 
give this enough coverage because it's just good. This is a good story. This is something yeah. that we should all feel really, really good about um, for Toronto, for the Raptors, for Masai Ujiri, and for all these people that you know he's going to go on to help in bigger, more important ways than just in basketball. So, yeah, this is you know richly, richly deserved. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for Toronto, it's nice to have that stability there. We'll see yep. down the line how many years this is, all that sort of thing. But for the time being, they know they've got Musa- Masai Ujiri there in-house, and that's going to be great for them building out their team moving forward. Uh, Especially so- as they transition as a franchise a little bit away from Kyle yes. Lowry and right. some of that's their important. longtime players. And yeah, now, now it's the front office can kind of say, Hey, you put that on us. Well, we're here, but we're here for the long term. Um, that also makes it easier for players if you're trying to get guys to come in and those kind of things because they're not right. coming in and saying, all right, but how long is Masai here? And they also, Bobby Webster, who's their general manager under Masai, also got a contra, a new contract or an extension, well, one or the other, but he's going to be around for a while too. So I think, yeah, that, that's important as you're transitioning as a franchise from – your kind of all-time greats are now all moved along and now it's we're going into our next era uh but that next era rather than being led by players it's being led by your front office which i think is okay until the players are ready and then those guys will they're they're just the type of guys who will gladly take a step back and say all right, right. this is you know whoever's team of scotty barnes team or og ananobi's mm-hmm. team or you know siakam or van vliet if it becomes that way however it goes they're, they're not going to be the the guys who are out forward facing on this every day absolutely and that's part of it that that maybe i wasn't giving enough credit to or enough thought to i guess kyle lowry going out i mean that's the guy right he's been the guy for them for a long time greatest raptor ever and now he's gone and you lose that and so from a stability standpoint to have masai he's committed he's gonna be there I think that helps a lot in terms of just organization franchise wide stability. Now that you've lost that guy, that's been kind of your, your anchor, right. Has been, has been Kyle Lowry. He's been the rock for that team. And now you at least have stability in the front office. So I think that's, that's really big. Yep. Um, from there, we had one other move that, that took place here and it, we both had the same reaction. When we first saw this, Terry Rogier gets an extension four years, $97 million. We both went, Wow. That's a lot of money. But then when you take a look at his stats and you consider his fit on the floor with LaMelo Ball, it makes sense. It's still weird, though. Like when you stop and you think and you go, Terry Rozier is going to make more money than Lonzo Ball did, right? You're going to see some of these other point guards that we may rank ahead of Terry Rozier. He's making more money, but the fit for the Hornets makes sense. And when you look at his production... It makes sense as well. 20 points per game, four boards, four assists on great percentages. Kind of hard to argue for that. Yeah, I saw a lot of people, and I include myself in this, that maybe didn't realize how good he was yeah. last season. He His, his numbers, just to kind of recap them, yeah, 20 points per game, 4.4 4 rebounds. He is one of the better rebounding guards mm-hmm. in the league, especially for a guy who's only six foot one. He gets up there, and he's not afraid to get in there and mix it up uh, with that. And 4.2 4. assists. Now, 4.2 assists, you might be like, for a point guard, that's not very good. But remember, he played almost all of his minutes with LaMelo Ball and or Devontae Graham. Yeah. And also Gordon Hayward, who's a high usage wing, um, was there as well. So 4.2 assists is pretty good uh, for um, Terry Rozier, considering 
that also came with 20 points, right. uh, 45% from the field. That's a career high. He hit 30, almost 39% from three on eight attempts per game. That's so, great. I mean, he was launching, yeah. um, but that's you know really excellent too. Uh, 1.3 steals per game. He's the best defensive guard on the roster. I, I think by a pretty decent margin mm-hmm. that also allows LaMelo to play the bigger, uh, guard um out there or Lamelo and Hayward to kind of be interchangeable on the wings um out there because Rogier can play against those quick speedy point guards that kind of is not maybe Lamelo's kind of guy to cover. Right. So yeah, I think all around this is one of those contracts when you initially look at it, you're like, whoa, 24 million a right. year. That is something. But when you kind of dig a little deeper, it's like, all right, I get it. And as you said, the fit is just so good there. And also they just lost they know it was a sign and trade but they lost Devonte graham that's a little hard to you couldn't then risk losing rogier mm-hmm. as an unrestricted free agent next summer having lost that and lost graham because you they they don't have another guy ready to step in in place um on the roster so yeah i think this is pretty well done by uh charlotte um despite the fact that it's like oof, that's a big number and i'm also curious let's see how it comes out looking yeah. the the deal because as we've learned over and over and over again sometimes the initial reports aren't exactly what what the deal terms come out there might be an option or non-guarantee or something worked in there uh somewhere on, on it but yeah all, all around and he's not you know he's not old uh no, last year was his year 26 season yeah. so yeah it'll be 20 he's either turned 27 already or will be 27 i mean and when you look at it through that perspective it's it's not a bad move the only the only thing that gives me pause is essentially at that price you're paying him to continue the production we saw last year. You're paying him and saying we believe that that was not an outlier. We believe that this is simply who you are. And if you look at his stats from the previous year, okay, like you can make a pretty good argument. But again, if there is any kind of a slip there, that the value goes away pretty quickly on this deal. You're paying him as though mm-hmm. he's going to continue to produce at that level. But like you said, when you add in the fit piece of this. It makes a lot of sense. It's also, I think, a very strong commitment, not just to Terry Rozier. It's a strong commitment to LaMelo Ball. And look, here we found a guy that's a perfect fit next to you, and we're going to spend the money that it takes to keep him around. And I think that's important. You know, we're seeing this more and more often in the NBA, right? You look at Luka, you look at Zion. Rumors start flying almost as soon as guys get onto teams that they're going to be looking to get out at some point. And so it's nice to see a team take the steps to, to already show a player, look, we're doing what's in your best interest. We believe you're going to take your game to that next level. You're going to be a star for us, and we're going to make sure that we surround you with the right pieces. Yeah, and they're set up really well uh, cap sheet-wise too because you still have Ball on his rookie scale contract for two more years after this one uh, before he'll start to get really expensive. Uh, so you're going to have Hayward and, and Rogier making big money. They're, they're going to make about – 54-ish million uh, combined next season, somewhere in that range. But then everybody else on the roster is either a rookie scale guy or making not that much. And even Kelly Oubre Jr., uh, his contract's only partially guaranteed for next season. They can get out of it for kind of cheap if he doesn't work out. Uh, Mason Plumley's is only half guaranteed at $4.6 million, so another one you can get out of relatively easy. Even Ish Smith, who they signed uh, a little later in point guard roulette, uh, played out. Um his is completely non-guaranteed for next year. So you're, you didn't even really mess up your cap sheet with, right. with this uh, move because it's, you know, it, it's been a pretty 
good turnaround for the Hornets because they just a couple years ago, they had one of the worst cap sheets uh, in the entire NBA. It was it was awful uh, with with some of the salaries that they were carrying. And just as they had kind of overcommitted to, to that uh, one Kemba led playoff team that they were like, hey, we made the playoffs. Now let's sign everybody. And it was like, wait, these these deals as they were being signed were like, oh, those are not going to be good um especially a uh, bismack biombo maybe um but anyway um <laughs> it's uh the second time around with bismack biombo that's right um but yeah it was uh you know i i think this is another pretty good piece of work and what's been a fairly solid off season uh for for this uh hornets team so amadou well diallo done. breaking news well done, mitch kupchak oh we got breaking yeah. news Breaking news, Hamadou Diallo has signed a two-year, $10.4 million deal to stay with the Detroit Pistons. Oh, so, all right. And that's kind yeah. of – that. he was kind of the, the restricted guy that nobody was talking about because we were all talking about Josh Hart and uh, yep. and uh, Lowry Markkinen. Markkinen's still out there, but uh, but good to know. You know, he he got, got paid. I feel like that's a pretty fair deal. We'll see. It could be a second year. Um, who knows? Maybe a player option, something like that. We'll have to see what, what the details look like. But uh, I feel like that's a pretty good deal for him. Yeah, they um yeah, I think it is uh that that is you know really solid. I, I think it's um that that's a you know that's a pretty good number. I feel you know really good about uh about about that number for him and for the Pistons. Uh, he played pretty well when he got over to to uh Detroit. Um to go back to Terry Rozier if I can quickly. Yeah. Um two things on this that immediately came to mind is so former Celtics guard signs this big extension right on the heels of another Celtics guard who's still in Boston signing an extension. It is kind of funny because instantly, you know, as we're prone to do with this stuff, uh, Celtics fans went to, oh, boy, I'd rather have Marcus Smart at 17 right, yeah. million than Terry Rozier at 24 million. And yeah, I, I, I get I, I I'm there, too. Um, but different roles, different fit and those kind of things. So that that part is is interesting i do wonder if um you know now they gave smart the max they could yeah uh as you know an extension and without him going the free agent route and all that stuff so it's not like boston could have given him more right now but i think that is you know kind of interesting there but i do think what is uh you know really fun is um if i'm calling sexton i'm looking at this and saying all right i'm four years younger than yep. terry rogier I scored more points. I have shot better from the field. Our assist numbers are pretty similar. He's not as good a rebounder. He's not a good a good defender. But again, four years younger, I'm starting to say, yeah, you're not getting a team-friendly extension no, no, out no, of no. me. He's, he's saying, um, this is my baseline. You know, it only goes up from here. Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah. my baseline is now somewhere no, well north of $20 million. And you just gave it to Jared Allen, uh, $20 million a year. We mm-hmm. can – we can go into restricted free agency and see what it looks like, or let's get this contract extension done. So if I'm Colin Sexton and his uh, representatives, I'm using this now as my, this is my uh, point that I'm going to be bringing this one, uh, Mm -hmm. this deal up every single time uh, from here on out, just to say, Hey, wait a minute, younger, his stats are, are arguably better. Uh, Yeah. Well, where, where are we going with this? Gotta love the NBA where nothing happens in a vacuum. Terry Rozier gets extended, and it may have just helped set the market for Colin Sexton. We'll see how all that uh, turns out. But Keith, pretty you know, pretty decent amount of news here for a uh, a yeah. mid towards you know almost end. I guess now we're getting into more the end of August show. 
yeah, we keep saying like, we've got all this stuff planned. We're going to talk our best and worst free agent stuff yep. and then get into team previews and all these things. And every day the league delivers a little bit more news for us. So yeah. So uh, just, you know, we'll keep bringing news, but we will get into that stuff. Yep. Uh, just so everybody knows if you're watching out there, um, we're going to be doing uh team review previews because we're going to talk about what they did and then talk about what they might be uh this upcoming season we will get to all 30 before training camp starts probably two teams per episode unless we've got a couple that we do like we really feel like all right they should probably have their own right. and there might be a couple that it's they didn't do very much we could probably do three in this show so we'll we'll figure out the timing on that we like to do it a little random just because it's kind of a little bit more fun uh but yeah we'll be on the lookout for that we're, we're excited we get a lot of stuff uh still coming for you here on front office show so i'm gonna steal trevor's thunder and say please subscribe that's we're, right we're pushing towards ten thousand subscribers Ooh, let's uh, get there. you know we're we're, we're 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 gonna get there so our goal if you guys can help us out we want to be there by tip off of the season so we've got two months uh, to, to get there. So I, we, we can do it. So I'll, I'll tell your friends, your family, everybody, uh, go sign your grandma up and with a YouTube account and subscribe her to the show. Um, we know she'll love it. We're, we're likable guys. We're, I think we're so. good grandkids. Yeah. yeah your right. grandma will like us. Absolutely. Absolutely guys. All right. So make sure you do subscribe. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And of course, like this video till next time, everybody stay safe and see you.